You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanglock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk presented by BetUS. Here with your break from all the Hurry Source 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. And life is back on sports bettors, and BetUS has your NCAA, NBA, NHL, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BetUS for 125% bonuses when you use our promo code TTTT125. That's TTTT125. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online betting sports. Online sports betting kickoff started now. Bet with a proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Joining me now, so that is Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason. Greetings and, t- and salutations. Get that out. You get you get that entire read out. I can't even get my the, the one thing that I don't know how to do every week uh, out. So if that tells you how my week went, <laughs> um, you know, um, it, well, we're going to get all, all into it. But <clears throat> the week was decent. It could have been better. Welcome to the show, Shane. Wizard of Whiskey, Shane Lott. Shane, what's going on? That was kind of a really soft thump. Uh, it's really good whiskey. It's high proof. Um, so it, it should have been better. I apologize. <laughs> it's kind of the theme of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we have had a ticket giveaway. We've had two ticket giveaways since the last show. We had a, uh, we gave away two tickets to the South Alabama game and congratulations to Jerome Lyons for Winning those two tickets was able to go down and, and, and go to the game. And then we have another season ticket giveaway courtesy of our friend on Twitter, Woodshed King. Uh, two season tickets in the end zone. We're giving away on this show, but you got to wait to hear who won. We'll announce those at the end of the show. So the big news this week, Southern Miss heading down to Mobile to take on the South Alabama Jaguars. But before we talk about the game, Jason Bailey, you were in attendance. Tell us about the Southern Miss fans that were there and the pregame atmosphere. Okay. Um, so, the you know what? I'm going to start it off uh, a hair before that. When I get ready, when I get ready to leave uh, that morning, uh, Kelly Sanner and Reagan Grant and I uh, took off, <clears throat> and I was uh, doing a little yard work before we headed down. We're leaving out at one o'clock. So the first thing that happened to me, and this was, I guess, uh, like kind of prophetic to, you know, how the day was going to go. Shane, you remember that thing you gave me for the back of my Jeep that goes on a trailer hitch to carry around a, a trailer and all that? Yeah. Well, the ta- the trailer hitch on that that weighs about 10 pounds fell mm-hmm. from like eight foot and landed directly on my big toe while I was wearing mm-hmm. flip-flops. Sheesh. Yeah. So, yeah, it still hurts. Solid blue. Probably going to lose that nail. Um, that's how my day started. <laughs> So that was not great, but the ride down was fine. Got there, um, you know, it was it was fantastic turnout, uh, as you guys probably saw on TV um, of of the Golden Eagles there in Mobile. Um, 
one of the first times I've been really on their campus and it's pretty neat. Um, but, but it's just, it's, it's all kind of, it's, I know it's brand new, so maybe they're just trying to get their footing, but it just, it seems, you know, pretty manufactured, you know, um, but their, their, their Jaguar walk or whatever they call it was, it was just, I don't know. It was all just kind of like thrown together and, and just, you know, uh, I don't know, just kind of minor league, if you will. Um, but, uh, the little stadium's really nice. It's really cool. Uh, it's, it's got some things that are, you know, maybe that I wish that the rock might have just amenity wise, but at the same time, it's to steal the line from, uh, from our buddy Reagan. It, it just kind of had this minor league feel to it. Um, and, 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 but other than that, I mean, everything was really nice and, and very well represented by the golden Eagles. Uh, and then, you know, I wish it would have been as well represented as we were at the beginning at the end, but I get it. Yeah, absolutely. Most definitely. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's go back to our, our old formula of, of good, bad and needs work. And we're going to start with the good and I'm going to start it off with the, the, the first good that I have is the Russian defense. We only gave up 31 yards on 34 attempts, holding the Jaguars to a 0.9, uh, per carry average. So it seemed to me like in the game, both defenses made it a point to try to stop the run and make them pass. That ended up working out better for South Alabama. But if I have to start with the good, I'm going to go with the rushing defense. Okay. Um, hmm. <clears throat> you know, picking out a bad was a lot easier, um, but picking out a good, I, I you know, I, I think I'm, I'm not even going to go with the game. I think I'm going to go right back to the fans, man. I think that the fans, I think we did our part. I thought we, we bought all the tickets that we could buy. I thought that we partied hard before. Um, I thought that we were loud at the beginning. And then from then on, just didn't have a lot to to, to cheer for. So f- for my good, I'm just going to say fans. That's it. Uh, I'm going to have to go. I'm looking for the, the guy's name because I'm blanking. Oh, yeah. There we go. Uh, for my good was Mason Hunt. Uh, I mean, I hate we had to punt eight times in a football game, but uh, uh, that guy was hitting some absolute moon shots and uh, looks to be like we have a, a weapon to, for a punter this year. Yeah, yeah it's, that, it's, it's, it's never a great thing when you can look back at a game and be like, damn, we got a good punter. You know, but he did. He kept some absolute rockets uh, and they hardly <laughs> returned any of them. I don't know if they yeah. returned any of them, to uh, be honest eight, with you. Eight punts, uh, only two touchbacks, an average of 47.9 yards with a long of 58. Um, three punts over 50 yards out of those eight. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's a heck of a night uh, as a punter. Without without him, they might have scored 40. Very possibly. Uh, uniforms, I, I thought the uniforms were good. I thought they looked sharp out there. With the, they did for this game, first game, they went with the black helmet, white jersey, and black pants. Uh, and I thought the new unis looked good. Oh man, yeah. Uh and I mean not to jump ahead to next week, but the the stuff that's coming out with the games for next week with the yellow top, yellow pants and the white helmet looks pretty sweet too. Oh, is that a given? Well, I I'm guessing because that's what they put out on the promo stuff. I may be wrong on that. Um that may not be the uh the uniform announcement. That that may may come separately, but I just assumed and we know what assumptions do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do we have any more good to discuss? 
No. <laughs> and, and it was a, it was a rough night. Uh, not the not the not the start that we had hoped for. Uh, so let's let's move on to the bad and the needs work. We'll start with the bad. Uh, I'll start it off. To me, the big it, this was a this was a much closer game than the final score showed. The final score of thirty one to seven. Um, but to me, the big difference in the game were the four turnovers. And several of those came at crucial times when we were. I mean, the first one was the was the fumble on the punt in the first half, which kind of shifted the momentum to the Jaguars. And then you had several drives that were ended by fumbles. Um, and then you had the one pick six interception there in the fourth quarter that really just put the nail in the coffin. But uh, those turnovers to me were were really the the big difference in the game. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, it, it they they were um and and you know as as far as my bag goes and I you know I'm not this is not pointing this is just you know what happened it's just what happened everybody has bad nights uh Trelo had a bad night I know they had some drops uh, and stuff like that but um in my opinion South Alabama had zero fear of us throwing the football um and I know that you can't throw the football we've all we've all seen him do it uh, I I don't. You know, and and also I, I thought that a bad was putting him in so many situations to get lit up. Honestly, and he's a big guy and he can handle it. Um, but from what we've been told, if he goes down, uh, we're in trouble. So I don't know. I, I, I guess I have a double bad there um, with just low in particular in his play, and and the play calling on top of that to put him in situations where he's going to get you know smoked. And that was my second bad was the offense as a whole. We only had 258 total yards on the night, which is is not going to get it done uh, against really any team. But uh, Trey Lowe, yeah, definitely not his best night. 13 for 29 for 133 yards, two interceptions. But he also had 19 carries for 55 yards and one rushing TD. We took it down the field uh, the first drive of the game and uh, looked solid doing it. And then it just kind of went went south from there. But I will say about South Alabama's defense, uh, Kane Womack's defense looked a lot like a Dave Womack defense at times the other night. I mean, they were flying to the ball. They were being disruptive. But, yeah, uh, you know, there were some protection issues. There were – and to be fair to Trey Lowe, uh, he – you know, he did have some errant throws. He had several throws that were not on the mark. But there were several times where he hit the hit them right in the gloves and it was just dropped. So, you know, when, when Trey – like like – Will Hall said in the postgame when when Trey Trey had some some bad throws, he had some, you know, judgment mistakes. But then there also he he had some times where he made the right throw. He made the right play and they just they dropped the ball. So all in all, uh, definitely not the offensive output that you wanted to see for Will Hall's first game. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, my bad is also the turnovers. Uh, the turnovers absolutely killed us. Uh, you've you talked about it all, but there were three really. Uh, and what's bad is there were a lot more than three, but three specifically that killed us. The the punt fumble uh, set them up uh, almost in the red zone. I believe it was the 23 yard line is where that drive started for them. And then we drive down into the red zone twice and uh, Mayberry fumbles and uh, low fumbles a snap and, and doesn't make it on a fourth down. Uh, and very short. So those three, uh, I mean, specifically are a 21 point swing. I mean, those are three basically red zone play turnovers. Uh, you know, 
the 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 final score was was a wider margin than that but uh some other mistakes in the game some you know stuff going on and and we weren't completely out of that uh first down wise we had 19 first downs while they had 13 uh rushing yards we outgained them on the ground 125 to 31 we held them to 31 rushing yards um they destroyed us through the air passing wise um is tolbert is that the guy's name or is he from louisiana is it tolbert um <laughs> but uh he uh that guy's a monster he destroyed us last year uh, he either had one more or one less yard this year i believe it was one last less yard i think he had 169 against us last year and 168 against us this year uh I mean, he's a beast uh, so, uh, we, we know that going in he shouldn't do what he does but uh ev- evidently um you know good luck stopping him um off you know jamie mentioned we only had 258 yards of offense uh south alabama had 300 yards of offense even so i mean that's 42 more yards if you look at the, all of those stats uh, until you come across the turnover lines, you're going to think, well, this was a fairly close game. Uh, but the turnovers just absolutely destroyed any chances that we had. They came at times where it just absolutely crushed us momentum wise. And if you look at that, the defense actually did a pretty good job uh, considering the, the hand they were dealt. Yeah, I don't think that there's, uh, you know, our offense, Jamie mentioned that, you know, it was, it was frustrating, you know, Will Hall's first <clears throat> first time out. And I don't think that, you know, Trey Lowe and company are, are, are as bad as we were. I'm not sure how good they're going to be, but I, I I don't think they're that they're going to be bad like that again. And Shane, you brought up the defense. They really looked like if the offense could ever just, you know, get out of neutral, um, that, they, that what they did was was good enough in my mind. Um to win the ball game um so at the end of the day their quarterback just made more plays than our quarterback blame it on the receivers or give credit to the quarterback or whatever you want to do but he made the throws they made the catches and we, we didn't you know trey said in, in the post-game interviews he was like i he was like i have no idea what was wrong he was like at at times i was reading things way too slow at times i was sped up and, and overthinking it he was like i i just don't know what was wrong with me um, and looking at his performance on the field, I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat it. I'm, I'm the Trey Lowe show number one fan, but he did not have a good game at all. Um, and you know, uh, at times like that, the, the backup quarterbacks are the most popular guys on the team. And I have full faith that Ty Keys one day is going to be a phenomenal USM quarterback, but you're, talking about a guy that was playing high school football in a, you know, a smaller division in, in Mississippi public school last year. And now is having to learn and master an offense at the saints run. Uh, so that, that kind of thing's got to be kept in mind in the, in the situation when you see trace struggle and, and, you know, even like I just said, even himself admitted that he struggled and, and was kind of uncharacteristic, even with a small sample size that we had to see, uh, we've got young talent, but it's just that it's young talent. Um, uh, hopefully Trey gets it corrected and, and gets us going. We know we can do it. We saw what he did to FAU last year when he got to practice. Um, it's, it's concerning. Uh, but, uh, the bad part is, is, you know, we, we've got what shouldn't be a real test. Hopefully not a real test this weekend with grambling. And then the next game is Bama, correct? 
Um, oh, no, it's Troy. It's Troy okay. and it's Bama. We do yeah. have Troy. So we, we will have a measuring stick game there before uh, we become sacrificial lambs. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's it was tough. Uh, it was tough because everybody had such high expectations going in. And uh, we we all bought into the hype, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, we need hype around the program to help it grow. Um, but. Uh, this game was a, a mixture of mistakes kept it from happening and, and maybe, uh, kind of a, a breath of fresh air and, uh, a, a time to recalibrate expectations. Um, and by saying that, I don't think we're going to be a terrible team this year. Um, but, uh, you know, me drinking a bunch of whiskey, uh, a week or so ago and, and saying we're, uh, going 12 and 0 and, uh, coming back down to my there. level. I got size you. up the rings. No, I mean, I got you. Uh, I'm a realist. I'm a realist. Uh, that was fun. <laughs> I was, you know, half joking around. Um, but I, I still, uh, I expect with the pieces that we have in place uh, and the schedule that we play, um, I still think it's a, a six win floor. I think we can still win six games. Um, and we may win more than that. I mean, uh, the, the biggest jump, and, and increased performance is usually between week one and week two. Uh, I, I hope we're talking next weekend how we feel, uh, you know, so bad uh, for poor Grambling that we you know, just got our frustrations taken out on them and we thrashed them and now we're on the right track. Um, but uh, time will tell. We'll, we'll see. I think Will Hall will uh, will get us righted. Well, the thing is with that six, if you have six wins and six losses, which somehow you guys, as tempered as I've tried to be, you even got me to say seven last week, um, <laughs> you know. Uh, and, and I think every single one of us had this one chalked up as a W. So now we got to pull a W from one of the games that we thought that we were probably going to lose. Or worst case scenario, we thought it was a 50-50 game. So you got to figure out which one of those games is going to be. Um, and I know one thing, seven points isn't going to get it. Four fumbles isn't going to get it. Or four turnovers total isn't going to get it. Even though the last one I get it was was – right there at the end it really had no effect on the game but still four turnovers uh with a team that i don't know i know we're not done with this segment jamie but boy there's there's lots of frustration after that one just with all the hype with all the build-up and and to just to completely fall flat offensively um we talked about it quarterback with one start brand new staff suspect offensive line and it you know we kind of saw how bad that it could be uh, so now we, I'm ready to see how good it can be. Well, let's let's talk about that hype because you ran into Coach Hall this summer. You had conversations with him. What what did call, Coach Hall tell you about expectations for this season? Well, yes, he said they could win ten or lose ten, <laughs> right? Yeah, but, but he said they're going to get better the entire season. And I believe all of that. Yeah, as well as tried to pour that over into the podcast and to every <laughs> single person that I talked to on the phone. Ain't nobody got time for that, Jason Bailey. And they're like, man, why are you so negative? Well, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying will, to put myself in a position to not be completely disappointed. That being said, 31 to 7 versus USA is going to be disappointing. It's going to be, a, I don't care if they win, if they don't lose a game for a decade. The next time we play them, we get beat thirty-one to seven again. It's gonna piss me off again. But just that's, but Southern Miss, we're just better than that. It's not just football. Right? With, no, no, they own us. It's crazy. I don't get it. Why? What is? Uh, how did this curse start? 
what do we have to do to break it? Because it's it's really getting <laughs> yeah. it's not cool anymore. I, I do not like hey, and, and, and every I'll take sport it, getting our teeth kicked in. But I, I, I'll take it a step further too. like all this, you know, the 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 Twitter outrage and all this. At least we got it right. Yeah. Uh, at least there's passion there. A fanatic is what it is. A fanatic. You're a fan. I'm one. Y'all are one. You seem to be a little bit more grounded in the moment than I am. Um, which is an attribute, I guess. But either way, nobody's really wrong. If you're mad, you're mad. Um, either you know, we're we're all on the same team, and we're all gonna be there next week. These people say they're not gonna come. If if that comes out of your mouth, you you know, you're probably you're either you know hammered like I was, or uh, you're not gonna be there anyway. So now, if we look like that again, I'm not making it to the end of the game. <laughs> but I'm. I'll tailgate. I'll set it all up. I'll put a good foot forward. I'll go to Eagle Walk. I'll scream till I can't, you know, even talk to my wife after the game because words just don't come out because I'm so hoarse. But um, but yeah, no, I, I can't. I can't. Katie looks forward this. to that. I, I, yes, I, I wouldn't blame her. Um, I, I I don't do well when when Southern Miss. I mean, basically, kind of like a family member to me. Uh, looks horrible. It's not. It's not good. It's not good for me. It's not healthy for me. I just need them to not. I don't even. Hey, I haven't said that it was uh, a possibility that we were going to lose. I thought worst case scenario is the end of the game, field goal attempt, uh, something like that. Uh, best case scenario, I thought Southern Miss could have been on the other side of that score. Uh, so to see neither one of those things happen, and just the slow, you know, kill me with a thousand stabs or whatever like the game was it was it was just not easy to take and i don't think that anybody should be happy with that effort and i don't think we're going to see it anymore this year but i don't blame anybody for going off on social because yeah i, I, I was i was pissed too yeah, yeah for no, frustration is warranted it, it is warranted i will say this you know shane touched on a minute ago about takis is you've got you're, you're one game in the season. You you had this game not go the way you wanted it to. You've got a chance to go back. You've got a chance to, um, you know, change some of the play calling, change some of the plays you run. You've got a, a chance. You know what you know. You have a better idea of what you have now. You know what what you know is is more likely to work than not. You're not going to pull your starting quarterback for a true freshman a, a, after one game. I mean, Ty Keys is going to be a great quarterback one day. It's just going to take some time to get there. And you got to go with the quarterback that's going to give you the best shot chance to win right now. And, 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 you know, I know he didn't have the best game the other night, but Trey Lowe is that guy right now. I mean, I have full faith in Trey Lowe. Let me ask you this. If this was a baseball game, your pitcher just gave up seven in two innings. What do you do? I mean, that's apples to oranges a little bit because you got two backup quarterbacks and, you know, and all that. But, like, why is that the only position? He didn't have it. Right. It, it's it's but it's but it's it's a big it's a big leap in apples to oranges. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I mean, you've got what three pitches as a starting pitcher. You've got a whole playbook you've got to learn as a starting quarterback and, and coming as a freshman. And, you know, a lot of what Takis has been doing is if the play's not there, he's just he's just improvising Taking off. In, in practice. It's not you know, he doesn't really have a full grasp of the offense right now. So could it get worse? Yeah, it, it could get worse. <laughs> it really could. Um, considering the fact that we were really in the game the whole time now, and two, the other thing with, with, with Takis is you got four games. You can, if you play him in four games or less, you can redshirt him. 
Sure. So if he's not if he's if if he's not ready to be the guy right now, there's no reason to burn the red shirt. Now this week taking on Grambling in a game which we should roll, yeah, you may want to get him some snaps this week. But you know, for the rest of the season, you don't want to play him anytime you don't have to at this point because he's he's not ready. He's going to be ready. He may get ready by the end of the year, but right now you don't want to chance it. Um and you know, Jack Walker is, is another guy who, who could see some playing time. Uh, T. Webb, uh, last week fell below Keys and Walker on the depth chart. So, you know, I, I think we, we don't have the strongest depth at quarterback right now. And hopefully they can make some adjustments and get, get Trello back to, you know, where he's a formidable starter. Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, Will Hall knows. How it went down that Trey Trello obviously knows that it, it was it was not his best performance. And two, you've got a you had a, a you had a brilliant defensive mind on the other side of the ball who took a lot of transfers this year and it, it ended up paying off. Sure, I, I'm not giving up at all. Uh, you know, it's just it's a little hard to watch when the same thing kind of goes on for you know four hours. But I Absolutely. get it. Or I, 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 I kind of get like everybody's. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get everybody's point. I just uh, it's um, it's just got a long way to go, right? Just, yeah. uh, offensively, we have a long way to go, and um, and it was sobering, sobering night in Mobile to say the least. Yeah, and not fun at all. And I completely agree with you. People have the right to be upset. Uh, I mean, but you you got to be careful about the words that you throw out there, especially in writing on the interwebs, because <laughs> even if you delete that tweet, somebody screenshot it, those words exist forever. Uh, so mm. it's, it's always dangerous to, uh, to tweet in the heat of the moment. Uh, so just, I want people to think about that. Don't say something you're going to regret. Um, uh, especially know, about a young, especially about a young man, especially yeah, about a young man. Say, these are yeah. college age kids. Uh, don't you know? Don't forget about that. They're playing yes. the highest level D one football. But you're talking about a bunch of eighteen to twenty two year olds for the most part. So, uh, you know, take a step back, take a deep breath, and and uh, realize what the situation is. We all care. We want Southern Miss to win football games, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, these are human beings, and uh, they need to be treated as such. And, and just uh, take a step away from the keyboard. Sure. So go outside and put that energy into some yard work, and you can join Bailey's Thursday night mowing <laughs> club. So, and I would just like to reiterate real quick. I know, Jamie, you're going, but i just like to reiterate that I, I'm not off the bandwagon of Trello or anything like that. But, it, you know, it, hey, playing, playing quarterback at Sutter Miss is a big deal and a huge responsibility. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, hey, man, spotlight. You know, Trello show. Let's see that. If it, never once do I doubt your fandom, Jason Bailey. Never if, once. If if we if we get, I mean, but hey, be fair to Trey. If 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 the next two weeks look the same as last week, then yeah, it's his time is probably up as as the starter for now. You know, but it's one game. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see how how they respond to that. But something else Shane said that I want to touch on. You mentioned the floor being six games. I'm not I'm not so sure after that. That the floor is six games. I don't know where the floor is at. I think this is going to be, I forgot who coined the term, but salty ass Southern Miss, where we lose some games we're not supposed to win, lose. We win some games we're not supposed to win. But after last weekend, and, and it was one game for everybody, sometimes two, I guess, if you count UTEP, but the our schedule looked a lot tougher. It looks a lot tougher today than it did this time last week. I mean, yeah. 
you know, Troy's one and oh, Grambling won their game, but I don't, you know, whatever. That don't speak to me. Alabama absolutely steamrolled over Miami. Um, Rice gave Arkansas fits. Rice really could have won that game. They UTEP, should have. They should have. UTEP's two and oh. Uh, UAB beat Jacksonville State, but they, 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 their, you know, quarterback looked good doing it. Yeah. Um, Middle ten is one and zero. Oh. I, I didn't really watch their game. North Texas is one and zero. Oh. I didn't watch their game. UTSA beat Illinois. The same, Illinois beat Nebraska last week. Louisiana Tech should have beaten Mississippi State. Uh, and then FIU's one and zero. Oh. So everybody on our schedule is undefeated right now. Yeah. Except for, well, except for Louisiana Tech. A lot better. Except for Louisiana <laughs> Tech. Yeah. yeah. Everybody but Louisiana Conference Tech is undefeated. It, de- it definitely does. And hey, except for us, need it. except for us, us in tech, <laughs> us in tech are 0 and 1. So, well, if we're going to hang out in the basement with somebody, it better be tech. Absolutely. <laughs> but they did. They really should have. They should have won that game. I mean, I, I hate they it for have. them, but that I mean, they're going to they're definitely going to be a solid. They're going to be a better team this year than I thought they were going to be. Um, That quarterback was was legit the other day. But anyways, let's move on. So needs work. Also a West Virginia transfer. Also a West Virginia Uh, transfer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'll start it off on needs work. I'm going to say rushing offense because we know about the quarterback play. We talked on that. But the rushing offense, and the reason I say rushing offense is because this was supposed to be our bell cow. 45 carries for 125 yards, average 2.8 yards a carry. Now, it did look like South Alabama went all in to to stop the run and make Trey Lowe throw the ball. That was a a very prudent strategy. But – that's still not where this Will Hall, Will Hall offense needs to be running the ball. 2.8 yards per carry is not going to cut it. Frank Gore had a solid, a decent game. He led the way with 19 carries for 81 yards. Also had one reception for 23 yards to put him over 100 all-purpose yards. Yeah, Gore looked great. Um, you know, when he had – well, I say when he had room, but he honestly didn't really have a lot of room <laughs> the, the, the entire game, and he still – Looked okay, but my work on I got a bunch of stuff lifted down here like turnovers, route running, drop passes. But I think and and I know that he dropped one. I can't remember, maybe two. But uh, Jason Brownlee was just non-existent, you know. So as far as being able to work on, um, and that'll help out your work on as well, Jamie, with opening up some holes if we could ever get the ball down the football field. Um, you know, I, so if 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 what's that? Jason Brownlee's pretty banged up. Like it, it wouldn't shock me if he didn't play this week. Uh, to be fair to him, he's he's not the Jason Brownlee that finished the season last year. Right now, he's going to need some time to heal. So, just to be fair to him on that, he he didn't have the best game, but he's not. He probably shouldn't have played the other night. Okay, well that makes more sense sitting there watching it because because it, when you see him lined up in the and and press man. And that's not the only person that you throw it to. Uh, I don't understand. And I know that he, it, maybe he did look a little slower. The whole team kind of looked slow, to be honest with you. I'm hoping that was opening game jitters and thinking too much. And, the, you know, the coaching staff put too much on them. And as the season goes on, they'll get faster mentally, which leads to faster physically. I hope all that happens. But, yeah, we, we looked pretty slow all over the place. Um, so, but, um, well, my work on is not going to work great, I don't guess, until Jason Brownlee gets fully healthy. But you guys would agree he's the best receiver we got on the team. One of the best in the conference, if not the country. So if one of your best players uh, didn't catch any footballs, you probably want to try to get that dude more footballs. And yeah, that's always a good idea. 
Yeah, Daquan Bailey Brown didn't play the night. There was some kind of issue there. Uh, you know, so mm-hmm. you didn't have him out there. Uh, I was glad to see Brad Dennis get a couple of grabs. He was, you know, yeah. uh, look good. Greg, Greg Dennis. So he, he actually, he, he, he kind of did that Edo Smith thing where he made two guys miss like back to back. Uh, yeah. that was, that was impressive. My next needs work is the pass defense. And so Jake Bentley, the, the, the South Carolina transfer for, for South, the South Carolina transfer who now plays for South Alabama, he was 17 for 22 with pretty good, pretty good completions percentage. For 269 yards and two touchdowns, so we were able to stuff them, uh, stuff the run, but they had a, a lot more success in the pass. And, and like Shane said earlier, Jalen Tolbert, five receptions for 168 yards, with a long of 49. So you take away Jalen Tolbert, and USA only throws for 101 yards. So not that terrible. Guy can play anywhere. But yeah, that that Tolbert is is fully legit. So I'm gonna say. Pass defense, and I know we we talked the past few weeks about you know having some injuries and in depth in the front seven, but the front seven the other night was outstanding. I thought um, we we just weren't able to get Tolbert under control in the secondary. So I'll be curious to see how we match up against against some other teams. Yeah, for sure. It's um, is that guy is he a senior this year? Please tell me he's a senior this year. Either that or that we don't play <clears throat> South Alabama again for a little while. If I if I were him, I'd declare for the draft. Uh, yeah. his, his teammate last year got drafted by the Saints. I mean, I would, yeah. If I were him, I would definitely, I'd be going all in the NFL. Uh, do you guys have any more needs work? Uh, everything but punting. <laughs> everything but punting. It's <laughs> yeah, good. And and hey, it, uh, it, even though the the front seven looked really good, we honestly didn't apply a whole lot of pressure. You know, if, if you want to get, I mean, I love the way the defense played the entire night they were putting in some short fields and and all that uh but you know if there was in a a night like that where obviously the offense was just not going to get going um you know getting more pressure on the quarterback would help but Latham got a sack I think there's a couple other sacks that I remember but um I don't know shorts had a pretty good night Mm -hmm. we had we had three sacks the other night which you know saw we we were we we were really good at tackles for loss. Let me see. We had, um, oh goodness, I feel like we had five tackles for a loss. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on that. I'm not seeing the stats on here somewhere. But anywho, yeah, I feel like we, we. Go ahead, Jamie. I'm sorry. Yeah, I feel like we had some. I feel like we had more tackles for a loss. Let's see. One. Let's see. Uh, I didn't have a grand total on that, but two. Yeah, we had quite a few tackles for a loss. So, did we have anybody go down with injury in the game? I don't recall. I mean, I'm sure there's some somebody's banged up, but I don't recall having anybody go down and leave the game with an injury. Off the top of my head, I mean, yeah, it's it's all kind of a blur at this point, anyways. But yeah. Well, push it way down deep, deep inside, way back there in the back corner. Don't think push about it. We'll, we'll re, yeah, I'm for it. Um, so the final score in the game, 31 to seven. Like I said, the the, the South Alabama clearly won the game, but it, it was a little closer when you really break it down and look. And, and yes, disappointment is is definitely warranted. Frustration is definitely warranted. Um, you just got to uh, you know, we know what we did wrong. We just got to correct it and, and move forward. I want to touch on one more thing. You mentioned the the outrage on Twitter, 
And two of our former coaches, I say coaches, one of them was definitely a coach. The other one, I don't know what he was. But Tony Pecorero, former Southern defensive, <laughs> defensive coordinator, Tony Pecorero, now an analyst for South Alabama. So after the game, the other night, he tweets a picture. He tweets a gif of Ray Liotta laughing, um, which if you look at the scores, South Alabama put up more on his defense last year than they did this year, especially if you take away that pick six. So, I mean, yeah, this is kind of, uh, you know, you're not all at fault. And, yeah, there's a lot of factors in play. But, yeah, you, you had something to do with the uh, lack of success the past few years. <laughs> Yeah, so, it was it, it, it was it was one of the more just classless things that I can ever recall by a coach. Honestly, I mean that that's something. If a player does it, you're kind of shocked at like how poor judgment it was. But it's some on some level you're like, well, he's a 18, 19 year old kid. And a coach. I mean, like you know, it, it makes me wonder how bad you know everything honestly was under the former administration here. Um, we, and we saw a lot of the, some of the players re- replying to him and, and yes. Paulie G, and we saw some of the stuff they were saying, and there is definitely no love lost there. But but for for Tony, you know, it's it's you just burn that bridge, you just totally burn that bridge to the ground, and you you may have burned it for other teams in the future. You know, you know the, these you know folks aren't going to forget. I saved the screenshot. I've got it. Sure. Um, I, I thought it was a pretty classless thing to do, and. You're an analyst. You weren't a defensive well, coordinator. You weren't, you know. You you mentioned that again. I'm a little shook because I thought the, I had the whole situation figured out, but evidently I was mispronouncing his title. You keep saying analyst. So uh, <laughs> the, I, I was just wrong about the whole situation. It was fitting. I thought it worked, but I'm wrong. Yeah, it, it, went, for, it went from being a guy that I, I kind of, I mean, I, I think everybody kind of liked Tony somewhat, you know, but. Yeah, you just you just totally burned that bridge, buddy. And then uh, and then the next morning you had a tweet from uh, the greaseball himself, Paulie Ganella, um, who has if you if you are not familiar with Paulie Ganella, he's, he says he's going to Paul Ganella. He says he's going to write a book, but he has had some epic epic meltdowns on Twitter that are, uh, you know, at first I was thinking need some help, but now I, I really my sympathy is is run dry. So he tweets the. Um, Sunday morning. The lesson learned. The lesson today, after opening my ESPN app to check out all the scores, colon, you can't put lipstick on a pig and expect the pig to be a princess. And then he has a gif of Chandler from Friends laughing. Um, and he tried to say that that wasn't directed at the Golden because when some of the players responded to him, he tried to say that that wasn't directed at the Golden Eagles, but. He uh, he turned right around and made another comment about the salaries of uh, the comparative salaries of what Hop was. He said uh, 800K times four plus two million times four equals lol, LOL. So, yeah, he wasn't talking about Southern Miss. And then he turns right around and makes that 800K times four, which is Hopson salary, plus two million times four equals LOL. So, yeah, really just a, a, a piece of trash human being and very thankful that he is no longer affiliated with the program. And well, it won't be long before he melts down on his mortgage loan officer company since he's not coaching anymore. So, uh, 
Yeah. Does does that like uh, salary tweet that did? I don't think that proves the point that he thought he was trying to make. No. Uh, the no. point that it proved was to be like, oh damn, well, I'm one of the guys that you could afford offering that ridiculously low salary in college football. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't think. Well, I don't know that anything he does is well thought out. Um, but I, I think the poor guy's got some some issues he needs help with going on. I hope he gets that help. I'm gonna and, leave it at that. I'm not a hundred percent sure what the the math is there. Okay, eight hundred k times four is Hall salary. Three point two. That's Hall salary, and okay. two two million times four. I believe that's the the salary for the staff. Yeah, the assistant pool. So that's kind of yeah. So he was taking a jab at this okay. at this staff there. That wasn't Hop. I was thinking Hop was like five hundred thousand, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, yeah. He well, uh, like, just a classless turd. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll what he's I, trying to go at there. Yeah, I, I don't either. But that's that's why I will take my chances with uh with Will Hall and the guys we got in place right now um, over that because there is it, it was it's not like we could really ever comment on it. Like what we thought about some of these guys while they were still coaching, um, and I really don't want to comment on it now. It is what it is. You can read the tweet and think whatever you want. If you want to believe a lunatic like that, then you know <laughs> that's your right, I guess. But um, but he but you know there were some there were some people that we liked on that previous staff. There were some people, and yeah. I mean I, I liked Jay Hobson. You know I liked yeah. Scotty Walden, but Paulie G. Is someone whose reputation was there was never a good reputation going on with him. For the moment he stepped on campus, there was always something shady going on, some kind of like, oh yeah, that guy. He's out recruiting, he's out slinging out more offers than any other school in the country, but we don't know what he's doing. Yeah, and the, the weirdest thing with him is, you know, I met Paulie several times out in the Redfield Roost, and um, you know, if, for somebody like that, they would, they would put on because he was a super likable dude out there. Um, and, uh, I, I never, I never really thought it fit what we were trying to do, um, in this part of the country, but, but he was, he was nice to me and he was nice to everybody around and, and, uh, but, but that's the way most snake oil salesmen work, but to, to have that kind of interaction with USM diehards and then immediately open rip every single fiber of that university over and over and over. That kind of tells you about what kind of person that you are. And um, I'm so glad he's gone. I'm so glad we got the guys that we got now. You, you know what? After this game, if that would have happened under the previous staff, not all of them, but as we, as we as the the days go by, we learn a little bit more and more about everybody. Um, it, it I think this entire staff kind of hurt after that performance the other night, and they're just you know killing themselves over how they can get this next game to go better. And I'm not positive that happened with the former guys. Yeah. He, yeah. And yeah, it's only fair to these guys to, to see what they have and, 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 and hey, let's see how they respond. I think everybody's mm-hmm. curious. You got a big, we got another game this coming weekend. The first game back at the rock um, against Grambling state. This is the first time that the golden Eagles and the Grambling state tigers have met in football. So this will be the first time they will be here in the Rock. What? Grambling State's head coach. We've played Southern. We've played Jackson State. We've played Alcorn. But we've never played Grambling State in football. We've played them in other sports. Grambling State head coach Broderick Fobbs was an assistant coach for the Golden Eagles during the 2012 season. Uh, He was a wide receivers coach. 
And his dad. I like that name. Broderick Fobbs. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and I remember him having a, you know, he was somebody that had a, a better reputation than the two guys that were, that we talked about in the last segment. But his dad, Lee Fobbs, was an assistant coach for Jeff Bauer. So a couple of Golden Eagle ties there with Broderick Fobbs. Uh, Jason, can you tell us a little bit about this Grambling State football team? So Grambling State, located in Grambling, Louisiana. They play in the SWAC, an FCS uh, conference there, along with Jackson State and the rest. They play at Eddie Robinson Stadium. You mentioned people who are high standing in the uh, coaching community, and Eddie Robinson, before he passed away, you know, was was one of the all time greats. Um, they have 26 total conference titles, which is a whole lot. It's like the New York Yankees. Um, they also claim 15 national titles. I don't really know where that comes from, but uh, it's all in Wikipedia if you want to go look at it. The last time they won one was in 2017. That was a back-to-back, so they won in 2016 and 2017. The 2020 stats are kind of weird because they actually played in March and April. Lost four games, had a couple canceled, and that was it. Um, they are picked to finish third in the SWAC West this year, um, and they have a defensive back, Keenan Fontenot, that was picked as all swag preseason, so that's a guy to look out for. Uh, they have played one game this season. They're one and zero. They beat Tennessee State sixteen to ten. Tennessee State uh, is actually coached by Eddie George, so that was pretty cool. I didn't know that. Um, they were run heavy in this game with one hundred and forty four, one hundred and forty one yards on forty four attempts for a three point two average, and they only had forty three passing yards. Uh, their quarterback was four for eleven on the day with a pick. 184 total offensive yards net. Um, Elijah Walker, their QB, led the team with uh, 77 net rushing yards, actually. So he's kind of a one-man wrecking crew. Two other backs, Russell and Breton, both had 10 or more carriers on the day. And receiving, not much to say. They had four total receptions, so they had four different guys catch one ball apiece. And that's my official report on the Grambling Tigers. Fun fact. So mm-hmm. last year, I went to a lot of the virtual Pelicans games when they played in the bubble. And in one of the games, they brought in the Grambling drum line to play. So this is all virtual. This is all done through Microsoft. That's Games. right. We're sitting in the stands of the game and the Grambling. I don't know how they did. I don't know how they did it. I don't know if they were there together and we're just doing different video like of, of each person, but they played in sync. So I went in my closet and I got my maracas. And I just jammed out with them <laughs> on this virtual feed in the Pelicans. Replace. So I, I sat in with them last year. Obviously, I'm not doing that this year, but um, that was kind of fun. So it was, it was a good time. Given the circumstances of not really being able to get out and go to games, it was kind of cool to go to an NBA big game virtually and get to do that. So fun fact there. So there was an email that came out today and, and a press release from Southern Miss where they had some information about the game day experience for football Saturdays. Now, there isn't anything about COVID protocol, so we don't have an update on that. I'm sure they, I'm sure they're waiting to the last possible minute to release a, what's what that's going to look like, if anything. But um, as far as the game day experience, there are some things to to be on the lookout for. So Spirit Park, the area that's that's right out there outside the Rock, I guess that would be the north side, um, outside the north side of the stadium or the west side. I don't know. I'm not going with the direction. Northwest side. Northwest side. Bam. Uh, they got a revamped Spirit Park where they they there's a stage there now, and um, you can you can go out. There's a video board. They're gonna have food trucks. They're gonna have a tailgate area. Uh, they're gonna have a food truck park out there. So they're gonna have up to eight Hattiesburg area food trucks. So if you want, if you don't bring any tailgate food, you want to go grab something. You'll have the opportunity to do so. 
Southern Station, which what I just mentioned, the outdoor pavilion, they're going to have live music there beginning three hours prior to kickoff. This weekend's guest is going to be for, former Southern Miss Golden Eagle first baseman slash DH Adam Doliak. He's going to be out there rocking out at Southern Station. Eagle Walk. <laughs> and you better learn the damn song before this weekend. <laughs> it's going to play at the end of this episode, but you, Adam, I'm not playing. Um, <laughs> Um, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna shut down the electric company or something. I haven't figured it out yet, but you better learn it. <laughs> uh, Eagle Walk. So Eagle Walk is apparently coming back, and I'm kind of I don't know what to think about this. I'm glad we're having Eagle Walk, uh, but it's gonna they're gonna extend it this year. It's gonna go through Spirit Park. Um, God, I I don't know about all the players touching everybody's hands and going on down right now. Well, you, well, you don't know if that's gonna happen. I don't know. It doesn't say, but, but, but like you know, I, I kind of talked with Jerry a little bit about it before the game, Jerry Defada, and yeah. um, and he said he didn't know either. He said he knew we were definitely going to do it. I mean, as far as like closing in the people and getting everybody as close as you can, I mean, that just seems like you know it's probably not going to happen. No matter what you think about the entire situation, that's we can all agree that if you're still having a mask up from place to place, and I'm pretty sure that. <laughs> They are going to go through and touch like 25 different thousand people's hands on the way through. Well, and with the extension of the route, uh, that gives more space for people to spread out, too. You know what's weird about what you just said about the uh, – you said the concert is three hours before. We know Eagle Walk is two hours before. So I want to go to the concert really bad, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be at the concert. But from where the concert is going to be located to where we set up, uh, Jamie and I do normally for Eagle Walk. Pops that's a good. That's a good. I don't know. At least twelve, twelve to fifteen minutes. You know, bobbing and weaving uh, through everything. Uh, and you, you can't. Spot, and you can't have so. a golf. You can't have a golf cart in that perimeter during that time. You can't have a golf uh, cart. You're just gonna have to skip Doliac's second encore and start walking early. Perhaps 15 minutes, uh, 15 the, minutes prior is, the, is kind of go. Yeah. The concert, though, is scheduled by the same people that uh, organized Eagle Walk. So they're not going to schedule these events to be overlapping. That'll be, uh, yeah, probably take a break there. I would imagine. Yeah. He'll, um, yeah maybe. In, yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe an intermission. That is but, a good I idea. mean, he may just play like a 45 minute show or him. They may keep it going. And I mean, if, if the Eagle Walk's going to go through there, maybe they'll be like, hey, everybody, turn around and, you know, check it out. I don't we'll know. Play whiskey's fine with the band. We'll play whiskey's fine with the Get band. Trey Low up there with Jamie's Maracas. There you go. Take it away. Um, <laughs> also in Spirit Park, they are moving Junior Junior Eagle Funland over there to the grassy grassy knoll uh, in the roundabout um, next to Spirit Park in, in close to Southern Station. So that will be moved over there in that same area. Um, once fans are in the Rock, they've got some things. They've got new imp- new and improved concessions. I'm not sure exactly what that's going to entail, but be sure to check it out. Then, of course, you've got the the beer. They've got the Gold Rush beer with Southern Prohibition, uh, in, in addition to all the various beer and light wine offerings from Miller slash Coors. Um, then they've got the Family Fun Zone, which is in the South End Zone. Oh, boy. Handspun Cotton Candy and Little Eagle's Kid Box comes with popcorn in a 32-ounce in a 32-ounce cup, candy box, yummy tummy drink, and a toy. Uh, Jason, let us know how that goes. And um, also Pop Brothers Popsicles. They've Benadryl got a, not included. 
They've got new 64-ounce <laughs> souvenir drink cups. They've got two Southern Cube barbecue stands featuring pulled pork sandwiches, sliced brisket sandwiches, and sausage dogs. Uh, they're going to bring back the Thunder Sticks. And pyrotechnics will be bigger and louder as a part of the game day experience. So hopefully they can get that smoke off the field before we actually get going. New on-field enhancements will greet the Golden Eagles when they take the field this season in, in a new uniform sporting a clean Golden Eagles look. Um, so all that's on the on the web. Uh, let's see. Let's go through the timeline real quick. 1 p.m. Spirit Park, Junior Eagle Fun Land, and the food trucks will be open for business. 3 o'clock for this for this weekend's game, the home opener. That's when Adam Dillyak is going to get kicked off. At 4 p.m., Eagle Walk will begin. At 4.30, the Pride of Mississippi Marching Band will perform immediately following Eagle Walk. And the Southern Miss Football pregame radio show on Rock 104 will begin. And then at 5.30, 30 minutes before kickoff, Spirit Park will close to allow fans with game tickets to enter the stadium. The big, the promotion this weekend, gold out. Wear your gold on game day. Also, it is First Responders Appreciation Day. All first responders receive two complimentary tickets. And uh, back to school bash. So youth 12 and under can purchase $10 tickets. Check out southernmiss.com or call them at 1-800-844-TICK. Hey, let's let's touch on BetUS again before we move on. Bet with the three-decade leader, BetUS. Join now for a 125% bonus by using our promo code TTTT125. Or if you're using crypto, you get a 200% bonus by using our promo code TTTT200. Bet sports, casino, horses, pop culture, and more at BETUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. Bet US. So let's move on to the picks. So last week's picks, the lead dog was Jason. He went five and five. Jamie and Shane both went three and seven. Not our best outing for the first time out. So we're back, <laughs> back again to do our, our 10 picks. And instead, so the Golden Eagles are taking on Grambling State, which is an FCS program. Usually, or, or a lot of the times when that takes place, they don't issue a line. I could not find a line anywhere, even in some of the offshore sites for Southern Miss versus Grambling. That may happen at some point during the week. But as of this recording, there is no line in that game, so we cannot pick that game. But we have 10 other games to pick for you guys here tonight. And we're going to get it started with Jason, since he is the lead dog. All Listen, right. We're going to get it started <laughs> The UTEP Miners and the Boise State Broncos. UTEP is a 26-point underdog. So I have the honors. That's, uh, that's probably never going to happen ever, ever again. Um, so I appreciate it. Um, but, you know, Boise lost 36-31 to UCF. UT, uh, UTEP squeaked by Bethune-Cookman 38-28 last week. Um, I do think UTEP will score. So I will take them with the points. Shane, what say you? Um, you know, that's a tough one. Boise built a lead last week and kind of wasted it away. I'm, I'm trying to think if, if UTEP can keep this one close. I think UTEP is better than they normally are, but I don't know how good they are. I'm going to go with Jason and take UTEP with the points on this one. I am going to go with Boise State in the 26. That may be a reach, and UTEP definitely seems like they're improved, but I'm going to go with the, the Boise State Broncos winning by 26 or more. Our next game, Western Kentucky, is a 
six and a half point underdog against Jeff Munkin's Army Black Knights. Jason, what say you? So WKU uh, dominated UT Martin last week, and as much as I hate Western Kentucky, I probably hate them more than anybody in Conference USA, maybe in the world. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but they do have a guy named Zap Bailey. As their quarterback, and he threw for 424 yards and seven TDs last week. Now, Army is going to run the ball a whole lot. Um, and, you know, it's <laughs> <that's> a, <laughs> as much as I would like to take Western Kentucky, because I think it's possible they're going to run away with this thing. Um, but I am going to lean on Army to and, and their running attack and just controlling the clock. And the, the best way to stop a, an offense like that guy, Bailey, is to keep him on the sideline. So I will take Army, controlling the clock, and the points. Shane. What was uh, the number again? Uh, Western Kentucky is a six-and-a-half-point underdog. Yeah, this one's tough. I, I kind of wanted Bump to keep talking. I was going to see how many times he could plug the name Bailey uh, in that. <laughs> and his first name uh, is Zap. How cool yeah, is that? I, that's the only reason Jason likes him. Uh <laughs> Oh, man, that's tough. Uh, I I believe this is probably going to be Munkin's best Army team, but, again, that's the best Army team. Um, Bump, you went with Army. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Western Kentucky, then. i got to separate myself from you somewhere. I watched a good bit of that Western Kentucky game the other night. I kind of flipped around, and, yes, it, Zap was impressive. And on the, on that note, so, so Western Kentucky took on UT Martin, and uh, the quarterback, starting quarterback for UT Martin was Keon Howard, yeah. who, uh, given the circumstances, he had a decent game. Western uh, lit up UT Martin. You know, they kind of ran away with it at the end, but kind of gave him a scare in the first half. It was it was kind of close in the first half. But Army, uh, to me, just kind of seems like, like you said, I think this is going to be maybe Jeff Munkin's best best team thus far. And, and I'm going to pick, since it's six and a half, I'm going to pick Army. All right, up next, we've got... Florida Atlantic hosting Georgia Southern. Florida Atlantic is a seven-point favorite. Jason. I don't think that Florida Atlantic is any good. Um, and I think that, that Georgia Southern is going to have the ability to run the ball. Um, so I'm going to take Georgia Southern with the points. Shane. Um. I kind of I'm leaning that way, but uh, the way the Conference USA has started, other than us, um, it's been strong performance. I'm gonna go FAU on this one. I, I am. I really. I'm just gonna go with FAU for the hell of it. All right, the next game, Middle Tennessee <laughs> State is a 19 point underdog against the Virginia Tech Hokies. So, Jason, what do you think? Uh, Virginia Tech looked great last week against number. 10. I don't know how they're number ten, but they beat number ten uh, North Carolina. Uh, I think they're going to destroy Middle. Um, it's going to be in Blacksburg. Everybody saw that. Uh, it was all over social media with the atmosphere that they have there. I'm taking the Hokies. Yeah, uh, the UNC was ranked so highly because they were supposed to have some Heisman candidate at quarterback, and he's the one that lost that game for them with some horrible decisions. Uh, so I, I don't know where that ranking came from, but they, I don't think they were right about that guy. He may be pretty good, but he lost that game. I'm going with Virginia Tech as well. They're going to uh, – they may beat Middle Tennessee by 50. I'm going to complete the sweep there and go with Virginia Tech as well. Um, another Conference USA game, 
So this one is the UAB Blazers. They are 26.5-point underdogs against the Georgia Bulldogs. Jason, what say you? So I really hate that I like UAB so much, uh, but to kind of remind me of what USM has had uh, in years past. And um, I think they have solid quarterback play as well from the from, from what, I've, what little I've seen for them so far. So um, they, uh, they live off their solid defense. They don't make mistakes. Um, give me the points and the Blazers. All right, Shane. Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, Georgia against Clemson looked legit. That was a very low-scoring affair, so I don't see UAB scoring a lot of points. Um, is UAB's defense good enough to hold Georgia underneath that point total is, is kind of where I'm at, and I'm going to say, oh, this is gross. Go, I'm going with the Blazers. <laughs> All right, yeah. And UAB defeated Jacksonville State the other night, 31 to nothing. Um, quarterback looked impressive. They looked, they looked like a, I mean, it was Jacksonville State. I don't know what kind of team they have, but it was a really solid showing from the Blazers. Um, that being said, I'm going to go with the Georgia Bulldogs. I think, uh, you know, Georgia didn't put up the most points on the board the other night against Clemson, but I kind of feel like it, they, they went 10 to three. So they've got to at least score 20, 26, 27 points to, to cover. So that's, that's going to be a, you know, a task, but I, I think this may be the week. It's a Todd Munkin offense. They're, they're going to come around. So I'm going to go with the Georgia Bulldogs. All right. Then, so the, these are the bets on every pick that we do on here is, is listed on bet us if you want to go play. So they don't have all the conference USA games on there because there's some, some, you know, FCS, FBF matchups. So we, we took a couple of opponents that the Golden Eagles are playing this year and put them in the mix as well. So the first game, South Alabama is a 15-and-a-half-point favorite over the Bowling Green Falcons. Jason, what do you think about this game? Um, so, um, you know, honestly, we just need South Alabama to uh, go off the rest of the year. <laughs> um so I think I'm going to take I, I think I'm going to take South Alabama and just kind of hope that they just completely roll. All right, Shane. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in Bowling Green. I don't think they're a great squad um, since South Alabama beat us how they did. Although we discussed at length how turnovers from us really made that final score what it was. And I'm just out of uh, maybe. My need for comfort and mental health. I'm going to go with the Jags. Yeah, I, I thought that I thought that the Jaguars were um, I thought they were impressive. I mean, in some ways, I, you know, it was a close game, but they 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 performed better than I think everybody expected. Um, Bowling Green has lost their they lost every game last year. They lost all five games last year, and then they lost last week to Tennessee, 38 to six. So. You know, we were a one-point underdog against South Alabama. South Alabama is a 15 and a half point favorite against Bowling Green. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Jags as well and just just uh, keep that sweep going there. Then, so this is an interesting game. We've got the Liberty Flames, who are a five-point favorite over next week's opponent, the Troy Cho- Trojans. So, Jason, Liberty and Troy, what do you think? I'm taking Liberty. Because I just think that they're a better team than Troy. All right. Yeah. Shadow. All right. That's it. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I don't know a whole lot about 
Troy Troy won, you know, what they took on Southern. They won 55 to three uh, last week. But Troy, at the end of last season, they did play Coastal Carolina really tough, and they did beat. You know, it's a different South Alabama team last year. Uh, they did beat South Alabama 29 to nothing. But this and this game is at Troy. Um, that being said, Malik Willis still quarterback at Liberty. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Liberty as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we've got an interesting mass matchup in the Lone Star State. The Houston Cougars are a f- eight-point favorite against the Rice Owls. Jason, I want Rice to win. Uh, it's at Rice, which I know that you know Houston and Rice in the same city right there. I don't love only eight points, but I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Rice. Yeah, Rice should have beat Arkansas. I mean, they sh- they really should have. Um, I'm going to go Rice as well. I uh, Yeah, Rice, you know, I like I said, they were kind of one of my dark horses in the preseason. Um, I'm not entirely sold on Houston either. I'm going to go with Rice to, to uh, complete the, the trifecta there. I feel about Houston the way that Bump feels about Western Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. And if it was, you know – Houston the past few years, yeah, you definitely would have picked Houston, but Houston got skull drug last week, and I, I don't know that it's going to get any better against against Rice. Uh, sure then, hope it doesn't. Then we've got North Texas. The Mean Green are 22-point underdogs against the SMU Mustangs. Jason, what do you think about that game? Another really cool matchup uh, right there in or right around Dallas. Um, both teams won last week. I think SMU has the better quarterback. And it's at SMU. Uh, 22 points is a lot, but I'm still going to take the Mustangs. Shane? Uh, I'm going to go on the other side of this one. I know, I mean, uh, the wonderful quarterback that North Texas had for like 20 years is no longer there. (laughs) Um, But SMU is always getting this hype about this is the year they're going to be back and be awesome, and it doesn't ever seem to come around. That's a lot of points. Uh, I'm going to hope and pray that North Texas can keep it that close. I am going to flip back, and I'm going to take SMU. They seem like the the more solid team at this juncture. Um, Then the last game, we've got game number 10, the Texas State Bobcats and the Florida International Panthers, FIU is a one-point favorite in this game. Jason, what do you think? So it's at FIU, basically a pick em. Um Yeah. Yeah, I mean, kept it close at Baylor uh, and threw three interceptions during that game. So uh, I think Baylor is better than FIU. So give me uh, give me Texas State on the road. Okay, Jason, uh, Shane. Yeah, yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm that one. Jason's Judah, Judah. Um, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go Florida Atlantic or Florida international. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Oh man. That really affects the choice in this one. That's a much different matchup. <laughs> um, still going to stay in. No, I'm not. I'm going Texas state since it's Florida <laughs> international. I'm going to go with FIU. So there you have it. There are the 10 picks. Go on. If you haven't know, I had a couple of people reach out to me. It's a couple of listeners that went on there that um, signed up for BetUS, used the promo code. Yeah. Didn't, ha- didn't have the most success, but don't hold that against us. If you get on there, if you have success, let us know. Let us know how it's going. Actually, if you would have listened to me, you would have had you'd have broke even. 
Yeah, you would have broken with me. Mason. Yeah. Do not listen to me. I will tell you that right now. Never, <laughs> ever listen to me for betting advice. This is for fun. Um, NFL news this week. So we had some cuts last week. Nick Mullins was signed to the Cleveland Browns practice squad. So Nick Mullins going from the Philadelphia Eagles to now to the Browns organization. To Michael Harris signed to the Colts practice squad. And then Mike Thomas with the Cincinnati Bengals. His contract was bought out, and they turned right around and re-signed him. So there must have been something to that. But Mike Thomas still with the Cincinnati Bengals. So congratulations to those guys. Hopefully they get to see the field this year. All right, Shane, we've got some soccer, volleyball, women's golf. Tell us what's going on. Let me finish pouring this whiskey in this glass real quick, and then I can concentrate on reading my notes. <clears throat> but, yeah, um, got a few things going on. Uh, soccer was back in action this past week, uh, Friday, September 3rd. They hosted the University of Little Rock Trojans. Uh, Golden Eagles won that match two to nothing. All right. Uh, as always, before I butcher these poor ladies' names, I want you people to know that I know it's not, I, I know it's not nice to just continuously mispronounce somebody's name. So I actually made the effort today to go back and try to find interviews and video interviews where I could listen to people, whether it be coaches or other players or the soccer program. Nobody ever mentions anybody's name. Uh, <laughs> they talk about each other and they're like, yeah, everybody did a great job. And it was more team speak. No, the coach Mo never mentions a single player by name. Thank goodness. One player mentioned a couple of ladies. So I know how wrong I was going forward. Also picked up on a nickname that I'll be able to use. But uh, anybody that uh, who am I kidding? Nobody associated with real Southern Miss is listening to us right now. But if you happen to be the media guide, that would help me with name pronunciations by the roster hasn't been updated on the soccer site since 2019. So if you could throw a fresh media guide up there, I could quit being a a hole and uh, pronounce these ladies names, how they're supposed to be. Uh, All that said to back around to uh, the two ladies that scored in the university of little rock match were Technadia Kobite. And uh, I'd pick up that they her nickname is, Nana. So uh, we will be referring to Miss Kobite, uh, and I hope that's even the correct, correct pronunciation of her last name is Nana for the rest of the season, and we'll be safe there. Uh, and then the other one that I was able to pick up through an interview that I completely butchered her name in the past, uh, Miss Alisi Campos. It's spelled as uh, uh, White Bread Shane would say Alice, but it is actually pronounced Alisi. So I apologize. I know those two now. Uh, I won't mess those up going forward. Everybody else, I'm sorry. Nobody said your name. Uh, so I'm just going to continue to to butcher it until I, I hear an interview otherwise. Um, so after that two to nothing win over Little Rock Trojans, uh, the Lady Eagles traveled to Jackson State on Sunday, September 5th, got a six to nothing win in that trip to the capital city. Um, we had five different Golden Eagles score in that match and Jackson State scored an own goal on own goal. Yeah, I can say that right. Uh, own goal as well. Uh, Miss uh, Nalababalu 
uh, Sishabu uh, scored in the 15th minute. Uh, Alisi Campos scored in the 44th minute. Uh, the freshman Phenom is Cuerdo scored in the 59th minute. Blessing Kingsley from uh, Great Britain scored in the 69th minute. And I believe uh, Ember Temple is also a freshman scored in the 80th minute. So lots of goals being scored in two wins this past week. The Lady Eagles currently sit at four and two uh, on the season. So uh, next week, they're back in action Friday, September the t- or not next week, this week, my apologies. Uh, I, I am three thumps deep and it's everything's been barrel strength. Don't blame me. Um, <laughs> This Friday, September the 10th, they're in Starkville at Mississippi State. That is the last conference, uh, non-conference action before CUSA action starts September the 16th. Uh, so moving on to volleyball, uh, the Lady Eagles participated in the Crimson Tide invite this past Friday and Saturday in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. On Friday, September the 3rd, the Lady Eagles fell to Buffalo. Uh, one to three, bounce back with a three to one win against Troy. And then on Saturday, September the 4th, had an absolute heartbreaker in five sets, falling two to three to uh, Bama. Uh, next up, they're at the Gamecock Invitational this Friday and Saturday, uh, facing South Alabama at 1.30 on Friday, September the 10th. And then on Saturday, September the 11th, facing Nichols at 11 and then Jacksonville State at 6 p.m. Uh, Lady Eagles golf was actually back in action this past uh, weekend. Uh, they played Saturday, uh, September 4th through Monday the 6th uh, today uh, at the USA South Alabama Intercollegiate. Ladies finished 14 out of 17 teams. Our low scoring Eagle uh, was our friend friend. Uh, we're not going to get into that last name finished tied for 29th. Uh, she had a three round score of 221, shooting a 69 on Sunday. So nice, very nice Sunday round there for friend. Uh, the lady Eagles are off this weekend. So we'll touch on next action next time, but the men's golf team does tee off this weekend, Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday, uh, September the 12th. And that tournament runs through Tuesday, the 14th at the Jim Rivers uh, Intercollegiate at Louisiana Tech. So uh, a few more sports uh, kicking off, teeing off, uh, getting getting involved here. So as as the weeks move forward, I know we've got cross country coming up uh, and and a couple of other uh, tennis will be kicking off here before uh, racketing off, serving off, whatever you would call that here in the not too distant future. So plenty of golden Eagle scores coming at you. All right. Hey, that's terrific, Shane. I appreciate you. Well, I think we've, I think we've gone on for a, a decent amount of time tonight. Do you guys have any shout outs? I live, I like to give a few shout outs here. Um, you know, I saw a ton of people at the game and, it's kind of impossible for me to remember everybody, I think. Um, but I, I do want to mention that, first of all, Jerome Lyons, you know, got to meet Jerome. He's the guy that won yes. the tickets. Uh, so got to meet him and his wife and took a picture. Um, so that was really cool. Um, and uh, Alan Chapman, uh, I saw Alan and got to uh, – well, he let me leave my, my backpack cooler at his tent uh, during the game. So that was cool. I appreciate it, Alan. Um, 
uh okay uh always good you know hanging out with marchant and angela um it was it was really good seeing those guys amanda born uh, actually listens to the show she came up and said hello oh yeah uh, very, yeah yeah very nice to meet her and and last but not least well the guy that gave us the tickets uh for jerome to get uh robert ingram um robert is having knee surgery coming up at, uh tomorrow maybe this week sometime yeah 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 he's a he's a great golden eagle um so prayers up for a speedy recovery uh to robert and um and that's all my shout outs what about you shane um before i do any shout outs um i did a little twitter poll earlier uh this past week asking if anybody cared what i was actually drinking when i'm drinking <laughs> these bottles or if you just want to hear me talk aimlessly as I get drunker over the course of the night, uh, the response was pretty overwhelming in that you do actually care uh, for those of that you that don't care. I'm sorry um, fast forward through this part, put it at fast speed. It actually sounds uh, like a chipmunk giving a little review. Uh, maybe you'll enjoy it better. But first thump of the night uh, was a Joseph Magnus cigar blend uh, batch 34. That's 122 proof whiskey. Uh, Joseph Magnus does some blending of some, yeah, it's on up there, uh, does some blending of some different stuff to come up with a few different labels. And, uh, I'm a big fan of their cigar blend bourbon, which is uh, tasty stuff. Uh, and then the second and third thumps of the night were an old Forrester single barrel barrel strength from, uh, Jamie Ferris over there at Lincoln road package store. It's a warehouse cave floor three. Uh, this one comes in at 127.8 proof, so even a little hotter than the last one. So uh, a great time for me to uh, pronounce names from around the planet at the end of the show <laughs> after three glasses of almost 130 proof whiskey. Absolutely. So uh, if I'm going to give some shout outs, I want to give a shout out to uh, Patrick McGee, friend of the show, has his own podcast now, The Buzzard Buzzardry, I believe that's what sure. it's called. So, uh, shout out to him on that. I mean, uh, you know, he does a great job. I, the first episode was great. I haven't caught up on the second one, but, uh, that's really cool. Uh, I hope that works out for him. Um, Francisco Yanos had a baby girl, Autumn yeah. Marie. That's so right. Shout out to, uh, Francisco on that. Congratulations on that. And then I want to give a shout out to our good friend, uh, the Woodshed King. If you go to Twitter at Woodshed King, he donated these season tickets for us to give out, and we're going to give those away right now. I did the drawing earlier. I'm not going to do what I did last week just because I caught some plaque about people that were one name away from who won. <laughs> so, um, But the ticket winner this week was uh, Egan Laura, Lawrence, so Lauren Egan. She is the new recipient of two season tickets, and I will make arrangements to get those to you, Lauren. So congratulations. We will see In the end zone, right? In the end zone, yeah, across the oh, aisle from nice. us. So she, hopefully she's oh, got a nice. – hopefully a good uh, – God bless her. I hope she's got a – she's ready for that. Yeah, I hope she's ready for all that. Well, <laughs> uh, you guys have anything else before we shut it down? Well, yeah. uh, We'll we'll have uh, another set of tickets to give away to the Grambling game. Uh, keep your eyes and ears tuned to social media pages uh, here in the next few days, and, and we'll cool. get uh, another set of tickets uh, away thanks to uh, our friend Josh Cavanaugh uh, up in the Jackson area. He's not going to be able to make it, so appreciate him reaching out and offering tickets to, uh, to some lucky folks out there. We'll make sure that uh, we get those in somebody's hands for you, Mr. Cavanaugh. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it, and as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.
I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all to shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football, here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done. The fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done. I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs, Florida State, or Tennessee. But I chose Southern Mississippi. And right here at home is where I'll always be. I could play for Alabama, USC, our Notre Dame, you have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all to shame. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, or LSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state call katie case bailey with dunbar real estate for all of your real estate needs katie case bailey realtor extraordinaire something to show something to list something to sell call today at 601-408-9980 